Hi, I'm Sue. And I'm Rach. And this is the Georgette Hair Podcast. And this week we're talking about the inconvenient marriage. No, we're not. The we're convenient, about the convenient <laughs> marriage. <laughs> it's inconvenient because this is the second time we've had to schedule this. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rach, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, um, just returned to work after my year of maternity leave. Um, and that's going well, although I'm not really returned to work because I am working from home, as mm. most of us are at the moment. Okay, good. You sound really enthusiastic to be back. You're, you're faking it in the office, right? You're like more, more into it there. <laughs> I'm very tired. I've discovered that having, <laughs> um, you know, an average of five hours sleep Ooh. and then having to deal with a baby is different to having five hours sleep and then having to work for a day well done on finding time to read the convenient marriage that's impressive yeah to be fair i do listen to it on audiobook but that still counts that still counts how have you been sue oh well i got sunburnt obviously um (laughs) because it's ridiculous we've had like two days of nice weather recently in london and I got sunburnt hanging up some washing on the line outside. How is how is that even possible? That was like under 10 minutes. You do have very delicate skin. <laughs> Pasty. Al- alabaster. <laughs> Pasty. Um, yeah, and I've also started waging a war against ants. They keep trying to get into our house. It's chemical warfare. It's very unpleasant. If anyone's got any ideas for like natural remedies that feel less cruel and just deter them gently but effectively... I'd love to hear them. And also not forgetting that you, that since the last podcast, mm. you have been dabbling in a bit of fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It was it was weird. So after reading The Talisman Ring, uh, I don't know, I got, I got sucked into a weird rabbit hole when I couldn't sleep and I decided to write a few paragraphs. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Um, I'm never going to do it again. And, don't worry. Yeah. And if you wish to read that... Uh, you can um, <laughs> go to the Tasman Ring um, and it is, is there as bonus material, isn't it? Is it a bonus? Is I loved it. it. I, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Good, thank you. Um, but we should move on. We've got the convenient marriage to talk about. Um, and there's a lot to cover in that. So... Young Horatia Winwood proposes to the Earl of Rule in order to save her elder sister from having to marry him, because the sister's in love with another man. Rule takes an immediate liking to Horry, and not being too fussy about which sister he marries, he agrees to her proposal. They marry, and various figures from Rule's past try their best to use Horry to wreak their revenge on Rule. So that's Lady Caroline Massey, Rule's ex-lover, Crosby Drellencourt, Rule's heir, and Lord Lethbridge, general villain with a long-standing antagonism towards rule but not to worry because on horry's side we have the mighty pelham pom and captain heron not to mention rule himself so i it's been a while since i've read it and i i enjoyed it so much i thought the pacing of this one was quite interesting and unusual in that i thought the beginning was really charming and then it had quite an angsty middle where the villains come into it And then it's just got a hilarious ending. So the setup for this book is is similar, I think, to April Lady, because we get 
um but you know the, the marriage it happens very early on mm. and um essentially it says an older um husband and a much younger wife yeah and that leads to a uh, a degree of misunderstanding between them and I guess the book is about both books are about how they um how they reconcile that whereas um April Lady I didn't enjoy that mm. much this I absolutely loved and I was trying to think about what the difference was between the two books and I think mm-hmm. the first thing is that um Horatia mm. is um, a really it's a, it's a, she's a lovely character and she's very charming yeah. and um she's you know she's impetuous and she's um but, but ultimately she's a very charming character and actually just she's young but she's not silly no um well she does some silly things like gambling and stuff like that mm. but she's, she can't um, help it it's in the blood she's got a lot of it's in the blood indeed <laughs> um but she uh, you know, she's actually quite, um, you know, good at you know standing up for herself and yeah. doing what she sort of believes in, isn't she? She's a good character. Yeah, yeah. And before we get too much further along the line with Hori's character, for me, I think the important difference, well, I think just Rule and Hori are a lot more likeable than the characters in April Lady for, for me. Mm. And then also I think the mistakes that Hori makes felt a lot more understandable to me. Yeah. It was more bad luck. And I think it was more about people being villains, you know, aiming to take her down. So you had that much more sympathy for her anyway. That made quite a lot of difference yeah. to me. And, and the and the the premise for the marriage is different, isn't it? Because mm. um she they go into that marriage both thinking it is a sort of a marriage of convenience. Yeah. Um and it's about how they develop a a real liking for each other and love for each other mm. um whereas in april lady you know, they actually are in love with each other to begin with and it's just about them realizing it mm. yeah 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 so it's a different it's a different development i think going back to hori's character i i do think she's amazing and she has to be like like a taking little thing doesn't she because she obviously is kind of storming through london and cutting a swathe she's you know she's doing well and she's not a beauty um she has got the nose <laughs> she's got the nose and she's got very 2021 eyebrows you know they're thick they're dark yeah. they're very straight they won't arch um that's right yeah and that... a stutter as well lovely a stammer when you see her talking to her sisters at the beginning and they're kind of discussing uh, the older sisters proposed marriage to to rule she's just really kind of forthright like nope not having that I'm gonna do something takes action she's got a little bit of the grand Sophie yeah. about her and then yeah you know, she yeah, carries definitely. it through she goes to rule she makes a very bold proposal I absolutely love that scene <laughs> yeah. maybe we should go to it now <laughs> yes go on so Horatio said in a rush could you would you mind very much having me instead the earl was seated in a chair opposite to her absently swinging his eyeglass his gaze fixed on her face in an expression of courteous interest the eyeglass stopped swinging suddenly and was allowed to fall. Horatia, looking anxiously across at him, saw a rather startled frown in his eyes and hurried on. Of, of course, I know it ought to be Charlotte, for she is the older, but she said nothing would induce her to marry you. His lips quivered. In that case, he said, it is fortunate that I did not solicit the honour of Miss Charlotte's hand in marriage. 
Yes, agreed Horatia. I'm very sorry you'd have to say it, but I'm afraid Charlotte shrinks from the idea of my making such a sacrifice, even for Lizzie's sake. Rule's shoulders shook slightly. Have I said something I shouldn't? inquired Horatia doubtfully. So that's lovely. That takes him down a peg or two. And then, um... And then she says to him, it, it can't signify to you, can it? Except that I know I'm not a beauty, like Lizzie. But I have got the nose, sir. Rule surveyed the nose. Undoubtedly, you have the nose, he said. Horatia seemed determined to make a clean breast of her blemishes. And perhaps you could become used to my eyebrows? The smile lurked at the back of Rule's eyes, I think, quite easily. She said sadly, there won't arch, you know. And I ought to tell you that we have quite given up hope of Michael growing any taller. It would certainly be a pity if you did, said his lordship. D do you think so? Horatia was surprised. It is a great trial to me, I can assure you. She took a breath and added with difficulty, You may have noticed that I have a, a stammer. Yes, I had noticed, the earl answered gently. If you feel you can't bear it, sir, I shall quite understand, Horatia said in a small, anxious voice. I like it, said the earl. It is very odd of you, marvelled Horatia, but, but perhaps you said that to put me at my ease. No, said the earl. I said it because it was true. How lovely is he? Yeah, he's a lovely hero, isn't he? Yeah. He sort of has... And it's quite nice that he does um, question the age gap as well. Like, he is reluctant to mm. marry. It's a big age gap, isn't it? Ooh, yeah. So he's 30-something and she's 17? Yeah. Yeah, so it is a big age gap. But um, but he, he does question it and he's like... And I think he... Um, and she is quite, as you say, she she you know, she put she puts herself forward, and she's um, she's quite an old seventeen, isn't she? Um, I don't know, but I'm not sure I agree with that. Maybe in some ways. Um, I, I guess she has the confidence to go and ask him. Yes. <laughs> to to marry yeah to marry her, and she has yeah she's yeah she's confident, I guess. And she once she's married, she takes to um to married life and society life very very comfortably. She's got that kind of self confidence, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think her character does change a little bit. Well, not change, but th there are some aspects that I, I I'd be less than impressed by. So like, she doesn't treat Crosby very kindly at all. And admittedly, Crosby is horrible. But the bit where she, the monkey that she that she bought rips his wig off. And she finds it hilarious, which is kind of funny. And then also, like, in public, she sings this rude song about his hair. And there just seems to be quite a lot of bullying going on. I, I imagine Crosby deserves mm. it, and it's probably worse to her than she is to him. But it's still not, not ideal. But, you yeah. know, she's and brave. he does plot against her. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she's very, she's very brave. She's quite stubborn. She's just a bit insecure in Rule's love. Well, yeah, I mean, she doesn't but she's no reason to think that he loves her because she yeah. went to propose to him mm -hmm. and w what she proposed to him was a marriage of convenience so there's no reason yeah. why she should think that he loves her mm -hmm. and um yeah so i think i think that's fair enough and, and what and, and then she you know finds out about caroline macy mm. massey um and and then that then you know makes her think well you know he's ne he's never going to love me sort of thing once she realises her own feelings. Yeah.
also rule as a hero he's got that sort of so he's very um physically capable isn't he he's uh he threw left Lethbridge in a pond which is great um and they had that amazing sword fight and i think he's mm. a fantastic horse rider and everything um yeah um so rule's an interesting character isn't he he's a bit like alvstock from Frederica, mm. in that he's he's well dressed um but he's quite um he's bored might be a bit unfair but he's there's maybe a bit of he's a bit languid i think he presents himself that way doesn't he yeah yeah um and also we don't know whereas other other heroes we sort of hear their inner Mm. dialogue Mm -hmm. we never hear what he's thinking so we have to take cues from things that have happened to know that he is falling in love with Horatia Mm. and um so we don't quite know until um you know he he kisses her at the um when they're playing the when he's pretending to be Lethbridge at the, the card game and, and little things like that, yeah. that we can guess that he is falling in love with her but we don't we never hear his thoughts on it so we don't know when it's happened we know that he likes her from his reaction to you know he, he finds her amusing when she proposes to him but we don't really know at what point it turns into love for him and i think we can say the same of um hori as well at what point did yeah. she actually fall for him but i was going to say that i think rule and deathbridge they both have this kind of faintly mocking incredibly calm manner about them obviously deathbridge is an yeah. villain but um but i think rule also it never takes him long to work out what plot is going on so he is like that um that time when lethbridge ar- arranges a fake highway robbery and then comes to hori's rescue it's clear yeah. that rule knows straight away he's right onto that yeah. it's obvious and then yeah in the rodotto which i keep reading as risotto but the rodotto <laughs> that they go to the masked thing again he's right on that he he just he outsmarts lethbridge with barely any effort at all by the looks of it and then at the end as well with kind of the fake highway um, robbery by pelham and pom and <laughs> captain herod Again, he's he to- he always totally understands what's going on, um, and I th- yeah, he's he has a um, yeah omniscient omniscient air about him, doesn't he? That he yeah. um he never and he never doubts Hori as well, which is quite nice. Yeah. Well, okay, so it is that's one of the nicest things about him. I think it's really lovely that he just has faith in her. But I think there mm. are a couple of bits like he does kiss her as Lethbridge, and knows how she reacts because of that, and also he waits to see if she confesses. Yeah. Well, that, I think that's quite nice, though, isn't it? He has he um, he has that little bit. It, it makes him not quite as arrogant, I guess. That he mm. has this little doubt, and and that's quite a sweet bit towards the end as well, where he has this little doubt that he thinks that he might be too old for her. That comes up a couple and of he, times, yeah. So at the beginning, not, yeah, and the end, yeah. So I think there's a there's a scene where he's talking to his sister, Lady Louisa, and. Um, and she's asking what's what's going on with their relationship. Let me find that passage. So just before they marry, uh, Rule talks to his sister, Lady Louisa, and she she asks him, "Marcus, is the girl a minx?" She asked. "No," he answered. "She's not, Louisa. I'm not at all sure that she's not a heroine." "Does she want to marry you?" The Earl's eyes gleamed. 
Well, I am rather old, you know, though no one would think it to look at me, but she assures me she would quite like to marry me. If my memory serves me, she prophesied that we should deal famously together. Lady Louisa, watching him, said abruptly, Rule, is this a love match? His, brow his brows rose. He looked faintly amused. My dear Louisa, at my age. Then marry the beauty, she said. That one would understand better. You are mistaken, my dear. Horatia understands perfectly. She engages not to interfere with me. At seventeen? It's folly, Marcus. She got up, drawing her scarf around her. I'll see her for myself. Do, he said cordially. I think, but I may be prejudiced. You will find her adorable. If you find her so, she said, her eyes softening, I shall love her, even though she has a squint. Not a squint, said his lordship, a stammer. So there, he's describing her as a heroine, he's saying she's adorable, mm. which suggests to me that early on he is very taken with her, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. And there's a later conversation between um, Ruan and his sister as well, where she's sort of taking him to task about mm. letting Horatia sort of run riot a bit and mm. gambling and making a name for herself and, and sort of um, questioning why he's not putting his foot down a bit mm. with her. And and she's and I think he says again there that he's too old for her. Mm. And I think... Um, you get the impression that he doesn't want to push himself too much on on her like not yeah not he's not, taking not it slow push, yeah exactly and he's not um because she's she's like make her fall in mm. love with you and then she he sort of said you know well like, I'm too old I'm too old for her and yeah and sort of you mm. get the feeling that he's, he's holding back a little bit because he's not quite sure yeah. of whether he, he's right for her although he's you know coming coming around to the idea that she's right for him I mean, it's a little bit late, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, even That's the, the thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> In those days. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those ones where I don't think I could see it made into a TV series because if they actually did age-appropriate casting, I I would find it too uncomfortable. Yeah, it it's difficult, isn't it? And I think the way the characters are written on the page makes it, makes it sort of okay in your mind that it's happened mm. because of yeah but it to see them to see that age gap would, would probably be yeah a lot different although yeah. you know 35 is definitely not old <laughs> do you remember 35 <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, so I, th I think he's smitten with her early on. That's clear. I mean, just from the fact that he agrees to marry her, having spoken to her for about five minutes. Um, and then, yeah, he seems to have this kind of ongoing faith in her, in her faithfulness and her character. And then for Horry, obviously she goes into it saying, marriage of convenience, you do your own thing, that's fine. But then a little bit into the marriage, she finds out about the Massey. And I, I do admire a woman who is known as the anything so the massey yeah. well done um and obviously that that really kind of unsettles her because presumably at this point she has begun to fall for rule in a romantic fashion um and i do find it slightly frustrating that there aren't a couple more hints in the text that sort of show how that's happened but okay fine yeah. we'll take it as read um and that's why she decides to develop this friendship with Lord Lethbridge isn't it that she sees him as a way to kind of show rule that she is you know an mm. attractive engaging person that men want yeah 
again, because we don't hear that in a dialogue, it's not quite clear. Well, it, it's not spelt out why she's doing that. But I think it's obviously this combination of she doesn't really like to be told what to do. Mm. You know, she thinks she's made this arrangement with him that he she doesn't interfere with her. So she doesn't she doesn't interfere with him. He doesn't interfere with her. Yeah. Um, and she quite likes the danger of yeah. Lethbridge as well because she's young and she wants yeah. to make this dangerous friendship although you know we're clear that she never has any intention no any romantic intention with Lethbridge um it is purely that he is like a bit of a dangerous person to know and that's yeah. fun and edgy and risky yeah we all have a bad boy um th- there is a passage actually where I think she kind of explains her thought process so just after Rule asks her very reasonably, very politely, not to um, have any further dealings with him. And he always does that very nicely, I think. Like, all these conversations are very reasonable. He's kind of saying, I'm sorry, I can't explain why. Yeah, that's difficult to say to your... That's difficult to say to someone you're married to, though, isn't it? That I'm asking you to do something, but I can't tell you why. Yeah, but he does explain it's because it's not his secret. It would still be difficult yeah, I to bear, still but... Think... Yeah. If, if if Al asked you not to be friends with someone and wouldn't tell you why, you'd be, you'd question it, wouldn't you? I I am still your friend, regardless of the amount of times he's begged me. To touch. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So anyway, Rule says, uh, "Yeah, please don't hang out with him." No lady of spirit, of course, could resist the temptation of pushing matters further, and Horatia was a lady of considerable spirit. The knowledge that the eyes of the polite world were on her invested her behaviour with certain defiance. That anyone should dare to suppose that she, Horry Winwood, had fallen in love with Lethbridge was a ludicrous presumption to be treated only with scorn. Attracted by Lethbridge she might be, but there was a very cogent reason why she should not be in the least in love with him. The reason stood well over six foot in height and was going to be shown, in vulgar parlance, that what was source for the goose could be source for the gander as well. And if the Earl of Rule could be roused to take action, so much the better. Horatia, her first annoyance having evaporated, was all agog to see what he would do but he must be made to realise that his wife had no intention of sharing his favours with his mistress. So there we go. She's got a plan. She's an actor. Yeah. I'm not sure it's yeah, a great and she, plan. And she also admits it to Lethbridge, who who she thinks is Lethbridge, who is actually yeah. rule at the at the card the card game. So he sort of says, yes. why why did you want, you know, why did you agree to mm. to this? And... And then she sort of says, I won't discuss my husband with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think he said, you must you must care for him. But basically, you know, that's why she did it. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think that's the thing as well, that her plan was never going to work because I think Rule understands exactly what's motivating her relationship with Lethbridge. Maybe, I don't know, yeah. maybe every now and again the insecurity kicks in, but but generally he's he knows. Um, yeah. And it, it is slightly odd as well that Rule is still seeing Lady Massey at the beginning of their marriage especially and I she just seems like a really horrible woman what's he doing with her he should have better taste yeah so it, it is um and you would have thought that if you had that kind of long-term relationship with someone you would know their nature mm. and she hasn't got a very nice nature no but I guess that was you know it wasn't that uncommon to have marriages of convenience where both um both people had um had affairs mm. and um yeah had relationships relationships with other people that wasn't that uncommon and that is what was being proposed to him 
as a um yeah by hori so i mean it's a little bit cheeky that she just decided actually i know i've said that we should go into the marriage on this footing but no i've changed my mind well she knows she can't actually say to him you have to give her up give her up i guess yeah. she just feels um yeah she feels put up with about it put out about it because she's in love with him yeah and i think the age gap there plays into it a little bit because i think she sees caroline massey as sort of this older sophisticated woman who knows how to entertain a man and uh She's just a, you know, chit out of the classroom. I'm going to have to ask a vulgar question. Hmm. Do we think they're having sex? Hmm. I wondered this as well. Hmm. You see, there must be... So you would think so, wouldn't you? Because, you know, one of the reasons why he would get married is for an heir. Yeah, and that's basically the reason why he got married because he didn't well because no you know he didn't want Crosby to be his heir. Mm. Um, so you would have thought that would um, you thought yeah you would have thought that they would be, but there's absolutely nothing to suggest that that has happened because in April Lady, you there is a suggestion that because mm. because she can't get pregnant so you 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 know they must have been trying. Yeah. Um, but um, in this, there's no idea that there is any sort of romantic... Well, the end bit, he kisses her passionately for the first time. And it's it's sort of suggested yeah. that there's only been gentle kisses previous to that. So, well, all that that has been the first passionate kiss, which makes you think, okay, okay I, what's been happening here? Because, I mean, it's not legally a marriage until it's been consummated, is it? It can be annulled after that. Yeah, no, yeah, we're never going to know this. We're never going to know. But it is, yeah, 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 I did think that as well. I was like, because, and also, I don't know whether if they had been inter- intimate, that there's no, there's no sense that they have been intimate in any way, is there? Although there's that no... might explain why she's fallen for him. That kind of connection. Yeah. Um, but no, generally, I like to pretend that they're not. That he's wooing her. He's content to yeah. bide his time, let her grow up a little bit. I think the relationship between Rule and Lethbridge is quite interesting. Because as you say, mm. that the, the similarities between them, definitely. But, um, and also, so at the end, the fight scene at the end. Yes, yeah, um, that's an exciting one. And yeah, it's very exciting. Um but there sort of is a understanding. So they clearly don't I, like each other. I thought you were going to say and, and they are enemies. Attention. No, not say <laughs> but they're clear, there's some that. sort of under. There's almost like is understanding. There is a, a yeah. sort of respect because you know, um, rule wins, mm-hmm. and um, but and then and uh, Lethbridge is hurt, um, but but then rule sort of then helps him and. You know, make sure the doctor's called and finds yeah, but... his wound and stuff. But and also, there's a there's a sense that they used to be before the thing happened between mm. Lethbridge and his sister. That there used to be a sort of friendship because they talked about dueling yeah. together at uh, you know you know one of the sword fighting places. Mm. Um, so you get the feeling that there was before that there was some sort of not maybe not friendship, but you know they used to be 
equals in some way and then this happened with the sister and that's why there's animosity Mm. between them yeah although presumably rule must have had his doubts about lethbridge in order to not want him marrying his sister yeah but they sort of said didn't they that um it was seen as quite a strange thing for rule to do because because they were both because they both had like a rakish Mm. uh yeah they're known for being rake so like so yeah so I guess it's like why would you want your sister to be with somebody like that so it was just seen as a bit rich because he had the same reputation yeah I mean Lethbridge really loses any sympathy he might have had well at various points he's just a horrible person but I think at one point he says that at best women are dull creatures (laughs) you think oh Lethbridge yeah um, yeah. But you do get the feeling that he quite likes Horatia, though. Like, yeah. Get, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. one. I guess I, yes, I do think he's taken by her and finds her kind of honesty and abruptness fresh. I suppose. Yeah. But for some, I mean, I think what Lethbridge did, he, um, he, he basically tries to ruin, yeah, Horatia mm-hmm. to get back at Rule, which is yeah. a horrible thing to do. Mm. He tries to kidnap kidnap her. Yeah. Um, well, he does kidnap her mm. um and tries to yeah so he's he basically compromise her mm. okay, um, he's, he's like physically going for her isn't he so presumably yeah that was yeah exactly be... so basically he tries to rape, right. yeah, rape yeah. her um and yet there is this at the end a sort of understanding between them or a, yeah i don't know maybe not forgiveness but uh not find... complete hate yeah i i find it weird reading these books how how often i really want one of the heroes to just murder someone and bury the body (laughs) (laughs) and enact what i believe is justice i mean it's a good job i'm not in charge of these things but there's sort of a you know sort of a feeling of oh you know well all's fair in love and war sort of thing sort of feeling feeling about it that's Um, what really gets my back up that that hori is treated so much like a pawn by lethbridge And by Lady Massey and by Crosby. Yeah. She's not really seen as a person in her own right. Whereas Rule sees her, absolutely sees her for everything that she is and accepts her as that and loves her for that. Like he, at the end, you know, he says he doesn't want her to change. He loves her as she is. Hmm. Which is which is adorable. Um the villains in this, by the way, they hmm. gave me very strong dangerous liaisons vibes. Although, yeah. admittedly, I was actually probably thinking about cool intentions rather than dangerous liaisons. But <laughs> no, you shouldn't admit that. You shouldn't admit that. <laughs> you could have gone with dangerous liaisons. Um, uh, I've read the book. Yeah. Also, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I vaguely remember the Michelle Pfeiffer film. Oh, and who's the bloke in it? John Malkovich and Glenn Close. Oh, Glenn Close. Yeah, I really want to watch that again now. Oh, it's such a good film. Anyway, yeah, yeah. No, there is definitely a because because they, they're all sort of conspiring, aren't they? And yeah yeah when they have the little conversations the little tete-a-tetes and Leth- lethbridge and amassi are in a relationship aren't they behind well as they think behind rules back but rule does know about it doesn't he yeah and they've all got different motivations but want a similar and that's the same as yeah going to the azons they they want a similar um, outcome but they've all got different, in, different motivations for wanting it yeah i think there's a bit where caroline massey uh talks about kind of her reaction to the plots being weave- weaved being woven <laughs> to the plots surrounding Horry. so this is uh, Caroline Massey she herself was hardly of the stuff that could plan the undoing of a bride for no more personal reason than a desire for revenge on the groom 
but she was able to appreciate the artistry of such a scheme, while the cold-bloodedness of it, though rather shocking, could not but entertain her. There was something a little devilish in it, and it was the devil in Lethbridge that had always attracted her. So yeah, she, she is enjoying the artistry and the cold-bloodedness. That doesn't paint her in a great light, does it? No. I don't think she's very nice. No. She's just willing to... You know, just seven, she, only 17, she's willing to ruin or let or stand by and see a 17 year old ruined yeah. for her own end. Should we talk about the real hero of this whole thing? Hold on, first up. Oh. Right, in comparison to the Massey, then, I think Crosby Drellencourt is awful but doesn't seem anywhere near as bad. But massively gets his comeback. Because he's so incompetent. Yeah, he gets he gets strangled by three different people in the last bit of the book. Lethbridge takes the brooch off him, then Rule throttles him for daring to try to tell on it, tell on his wife, and then Pelham strangles him. I mean, that's his cravats must be in an awful state. Well, that's it. That's why I think that Georgia Hayer did not like Dandies. Mm. He gets probably. Yeah, a lot worse, definitely a lot worse than uh, Lady Massey. Yeah. And probably a bit, I mean, you know, Deathbridge got hit, you know, stuck, uh, poked, sorted, <laughs> by a sword. But really, he's all right. He's going to, you know, and, and, but yeah, but Crosby is just, um, he gets all sorts of things happen yeah. to him. And uh, yeah, he really does get his, get his comeuppance. Yeah, good. And all he really is is just a little crybaby. <laughs> he was mad to think that he was ever going to be the... inherit the, the title. I know, it's silly, isn't it? It is silly. Um, so, did you want to talk about that? In contrast to the three villains, we have yeah. three heroes. See, I think... Yeah. I think the real hero of this mm. is Sir Roland Pomeroy. Yes! Pom. Oh, good. Because he has... He's no skill in this game. You know, he's <laughs> not... True. He's not a he's not a brother. <laughs> he's just a brother's mate, mm-hmm. and um, but he's willing to go to extraordinary lengths. Oh, yeah, to help Horry mm-hmm. and to rescue her and to make sure that um, you know that <laughs> Rule doesn't find out various things and that um, um, he's it, quite extraordinary character. I absolutely loved him. I yeah. can't quite work out whether the funniest bit <laughs> is when he tries to um, get the brooch back from Lethbridge. Yeah, that's good. That's that's a contender. Mm-hmm. Or when he tries to draw Rule off from going to the Vauxhall Gardens <sighs> yeah. and so has to invent this, this card, <laughs> this card party. But they need a I would just like ball. to read. Yes, please do. <laughs> need a I would just like to read that book. I would like to hear it. So to be fair on Sir Roland, he's just been told by Pelham that he needs to go and go to rule and try and get him to um, not go to Vauxhall Garden to think of any any excuse. So he hasn't, he probably hasn't had a lot of time to think about mm. this plan. But, okay. Reason I called, he said, was quite different. Hoping very much you will join a little car party, my house, th- this evening. Why, that's very kind of you, said Rule, with a faint disinfection of surprise in his pleasant voice. This was not lost on Sir Roland, who, thrust out by the Viscount to draw off his lordship, 
I protested feebly. Deuce take it, Pell. I can't, I hardly know the man, years older than I am. Can't ask him to my house like that. He sought once more to loosen his cravat and said, Aware, devilishly short notice. Trust you'll forgive me. Very difficult to find a force. Last moment, you understand. Game of whisk. Nothing, said the Earl, would please me more than to be able to oblige you, my dear Pomeroy. Unfortunately, however, Sir Roland threw up his hand. Now don't say you cannot come. Pray do not. Can't make a play at whisk with only three people, my lord. Most awkward situation. I am sure it must be, agreed his lordship sympathetically, and I expect you to have tried everyone else. Oh, everyone, said <laughs> Sir Roland. Can't find a fourth at all. Do beg your lordship not to fail me. I'm extremely sorry, said the earl, shaking his head, but I fear I must decline your uh, very flattering invitation. You see, I am promised to join the party at Roxhall Gardens with my wife. Feel sure her ladyship would excuse you. Almost bound to rain. Very dull evening, said his lordship feverishly. feverishly. Apprehended his pals party. Not to your taste at all, sir. Very queer people. Pals friends. <laughs> Wouldn't like them, I assure you. <laughs> the earl's lips twitched. Then you quite decide me, my dear Pomeroy. If they are like that, I think I would rather be at a ladyship's side. Oh, they are not, said hastily. Oh, dear me, no, nothing of that, nothing of the sort. Very respectable, but dull, you know. A set of company you would not like. Much better play whist at my house. Um, sorry, and then he goes on to ask who his other guests are, and he says, um, he doesn't know who his guests are, he has to find. <laughs> He has to find them. That's the bit of tip me over the edge. I know. It's so good. Bound to find someone um, glad to have a game. <laughs> I'm all fixed by five o'clock. You tempt me very much. <laughs> it was Earl. And then later when he said no, um, it, when Rule definitely says no, he has to say, um, oh, no, better be going now. I have to find, <laughs> I have to find a, a whole car party. It's, very, it's a very funny scene. I think one of my favourite bits is... Um... Just after, Hori is an absolute legend because she smacks Lethbridge over the head with a poker and flees into the street and she runs into Pom and Pell. Um, and they are so drunk. Fantastically drunk. And um, and they end up going back. Once they've made sure she's safe, they go back to Lethbridge's to see if he actually is dead because they've got a bet on it. And then in the process of being there, they obviously forget their original intention and just assume that there's a card party going on. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It, it, it almost makes you feel, that was the closest i felt to having any sort of sympathy for lethbridge <laughs> well and also when he's visited by pomeroy the next day <laughs> to find out yeah and bless him it, it, all it does is uh, it, is make sure that lethbridge, lethbridge knows that there's a brooch missing yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I, I love um, the fact that every encounter that, that Pom has, it'll, it'll be absolutely mad. And then at the very end, he'll say, well, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, bye for now. <laughs> like, he always finishes it really, really politely. Can't yeah. fault his, uh, his manners. Captain Heron, I enjoy just as being this kind of character that gets, I don't know, <laughs> under the spell. Sucked into in the way. madness. Yeah, exactly. And, but, you know, yeah. he does owe Hori a lot. And I think that's why he he goes along with it. But, yeah, I like um, Heron as well. And at least you have a you have a... Um, you have a sensible voice. Yeah, I mean, he does go and do some highway robbery, and which, oh God, that's amazing as well, isn't it? They accidentally um, pull over Rule's carriage. Yeah, of course. Of 
Of course that's going to happen. Yeah. Um. One thing, right. Okay, so there are two references in this book to a character sucking on the end of their cane. So Pom is one of them, and then Mr. Puckleton, who is one of Crosby's friends, is the other. And I was thinking, is this an incredibly rare example of George A. making a mistake and attributing that that little bit of weird behaviour to two characters by accident rather than just one? Or is that like some is weird fashion? Like having monkeys was, apparently. Because I, I can't imagine yeah. anything that would make you look more gormless than sucking on the end of your cane. I'm going to have to Google that at some point. Oh, be careful. To find out whether it was a thing. Shall we just finish off by talking about the scene at the end? Oh, it's such a lovely scene, isn't it? A- again, I'm just glad because all my favourite people are there. That's, yeah. that's lovely. So, Rule has... Um, Lord Horry to Vauxhall Gardens under the pretense of returning the brooch that she's lost. Um, he's he's written an anonymous note. She's showing up, um, and then Pell Pom and Captain Heron are going to swoop in and save the day, presumably at the end. So much to uh, Horry's delight when she goes to this uh, this meeting place. Uh, Rule shows up. Left alone with her husband, Horatia stole a glance at him under her lashes. He was looking gravely down at her. She said, the stammer very pronounced. Rule, I truly will try to be the sort of wife you wanted and not make any more scandals or get into any scrapes. You are the sort of wife I wanted, he answered. Am I? faltered Horatia, lifting her eyes to his face. He came up to her. Horry, he said. Once you told me that I was rather old. But in spite of that, we married one another. Will you tell me now, my dearest? Was I too old? You're not old at all, said Horatia, her face puckering. You were just right age for, for a husband. I knew I was young and stupid, and I thought... I thought... He raised her hand to his lips. I know, Horry, he said. When I married you, there was another woman in my life. She's not there now, my darling. And in my heart, she'd never had a place. Oh, Marcus, put me there, Horatia said on a sob. You are there he answered, and caught her up in his arms, and kissed her, not gently at all, but ruthlessly, crushing all the breath out of her body. Oh, gasped Horatia, oh, I I never knew you could kiss like that. But I can, you see, said his lordship, and I am sorry if you don't like it, Horry, I'm going to do it again. But I do like it, said Horatia, I like it very much. Aw. Aw, it's lovely, I love the bit where she says, put me, yeah, put me there. Yeah, it's such, such a lovely, oh, and I like that he vulnerable thing to say, isn't it? Yes, I like that he acknowledges that there was another woman, and he's quite upfront about that. And yeah, it's it feels like mm. a very grown up sort of exchange in some ways. Yeah, but and also that he he show uh, that's what I particularly like about him that he's showing that vulnerability about sort of he's asking he's not that sure of her still, mm. um, and she and you know asking oh, was I too old? Mm-hmm. and then yeah it's a lovely exchange so what's next for those two um i think that i think she'll carry on i mean she as we said the gambling's in the blood and she can't do anything <laughs> about that so she's gonna continue to do that she's gonna continue causing a bit of a yeah a ruckus isn't she yeah but he is under he's gonna show understanding and it there's there's mm-hmm. not gonna be that kind of misunderstanding standing anymore at least they'll probably have a bit you know a bit yeah. of friction but not I at like, least they won't doubt each other 
Yes. I think through most of their marriage as well, like she's holding off from him a bit, you know, mm. kind of maintaining her independence and showing him that she's popular and successful. Um, so I, I like the idea that going forward, they'll spend more time together. They'll, you know, they'll be hanging out more as a couple. Very unfashionable mm. of them, but, you know, that'll be nice. Yeah, because, yeah, because there are bits in that where she, um, so he, he either says, oh, do you want me to accompany you to mm. the ball or will you accompany me to you know, that, the country mm. seat. Um, and and because of everything that's happened and because she's worried about something or because she uh, is not, you know, you're not sure about um, his love for her, she says no. But, mm. you know, yeah, you get the feeling that actually they do like spending time together yeah. and um, they will in future. Yes, I hope they don't have kids too quickly. She should have a bit of time just to have fun on the town. Young. Yeah. Rachel. Yep. Um, now that we've finished talking about the convenient marriage, uh, what book are we doing next? Your choice. I probably should have thought about this because I knew I, I should have known this question was coming because <laughs> it's my turn. Every time. But I haven't. So let me just have a little look down the list of books. Everyone's a winner. Oh, here we go. Right. What shall we do? I can't do a drum roll. Should we do. The Reluctant Widow. Yes, I like that one. Let's do it. There's a dog, as far as I can remember. <laughs> There's a mystery. There's a lovely opening scene to that one. Good, okay, looking forward to that. Okay, so that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Um, if you haven't yet, please do rate and review. Um, that'd be great. Uh, we will come to you next time with The Reluctant Widow. Bye for now. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>